God. <laughs> Feels weird doing this after fucking half a year. I'm sure nothing happened while we were gone. Nothing at all. <laughs> uh, we're still doing better than last year in terms of amount of recordings we've done for the show. True. But also, we didn't, didn't do so many things. Dart last year? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We only did three in 2019, though. Yeah, because we started really late, didn't we? Or no. Around the summer. We started in the summer, and then just life TM happened. That tend, that's kind of what happened again this time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Big Hello. Rona, we're looking at you. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I am fine. It's fine. fine. It's fine. On me. The, the tavern is still in one piece. <laughs> the proverbial tavern is We do have to socialize, though. Yeah, we're at different tables now. It's fine. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Yep. We have to wear masks. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's totally fine. Yep, yep, yep. We do have some questions. Yay! Remember that was our mantra. Remember that was what we did? Okay. Yeah. So, um... Man. I guess... Uh, hmm. You know what? This is a cool one. This isn't on the list, but like, let's. You know, it's been a while. Any any new interesting things in your creative repertoires, Lance? I know. I know. I'm asking this because I know Lance's answer. <laughs> what now? Uh, I was gonna. This is your lead-in to talk about Xanathar. Ho 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 ho! I play a fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I got picked for a podcast by the Nerd Asylum. Uh, it's run by Joe. He is an amazing DM. And I actually get to be a player, so that's really cool. Uh, it's okay. called Z The Xanathar. Uh, it's super fun. Uh, we've only had one recording session so far, but I think... Uh, we're going to start releasing episodes some point early next year. That's exciting. I, I can't give an actual date, but yeah, no, I play Nero, who's a Triton fighter. He's super fun. Ooh, that got, is fun. Got a cat the first episode, so oh. that's fun. Uh, unwillingly, mind you. <laughs> Could you perhaps... Um... Elaborate on what this actually is, besides just another podcast, because I'm interested. It sounds pretty cool. So, yeah, um, just to give a little bit of a, a, a basis, uh, can't give away a lot, but we are... Genre and premise. Yeah, it's, it's a... I believe it's 5e, but we're playing in Waterdeep. Uh, and... You know, Xanathar had published his book and retired, and everything in Waterdeep had just been great. Like, there was no, no real uh, crime or, you know, anything like that. And all of a sudden, crime starts to grow a little bit. And so we're in the midst of trying to figure out why that is, while getting into a whole lot of trouble. Uh, God, but, you know, it's... Crime stories are always just a trip and a half, aren't they? It is super fun so far. I love the the group that I'm with. Um, 
I've already drawn several scenes from our first episode. I've collabed with some of the other players to do more art with them. Um, and we're going to have our socials up here soon, so that's cool. That is very cool. Noise. Uh, oh, wait, Lance, are you not done? Sorry. I did, uh, no, I'm, just, I'm trying to think of what else I did besides yeah, that. What are we were hiding in this, in this tavern? What were we up to? <laughs> Uh, my voice deepened. This is true. Yep. So there's that. But that's pretty much the only creative thing I've got going for me. You still have 20, I say. That's still going. We do. We just finished uh, episode 53. Recording episode 53. So we're going to be doing a recap episode here pretty soon. And oh, yeah. stuff is going down. Uh, Dude, we just finished a mall episode. So it was kind of like crack. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's going down real soon, and I'm super excited for it. And I don't think my players are quite ready. I think I'm caught up. I haven't. I don't think I've listened to the Halloween special, but I think, other, like story wise, I'm caught up. We don't talk about the Halloween special. <laughs> the K Squad. <laughs> Good. Oh, 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 delightfully devilish, Seymour. <laughs> <clears throat> what about you, Spy? We've had time, sorta. Kinda. Yeah, you would think so. You'd think so. You'd really fucking think so. Uh, um, no shame in, in, hey, yes, the real world is horrible. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, I had a shit autumn. Um, but it's currently, as we record this, it's December 10th, and it is the midst of World Ember, which is the writing challenge that uh, World Anvil does every year in december uh and the baseline challenge is to write ten thousand words of, of fresh world building uh for your worlds in the month of december in the span of 31 days um i have not gotten as far along as i wanted to uh i was originally shooting for twenty-five thousand, which is the novella achievement award it's a special special little badge that you get uh i did it the first year did not do it the second um may or may not get to it uh this year depending on uh how far along i am able to make it uh because i have some stuff to do this weekend and i'm flying home next week uh, yeah but other than that i should have the time to uh get it all out and a, a huge chunk of this this fresh world building that i have on the docket is actually for orion's echo which is oh, yeah. <clears throat> the, uh, the Hyperlanes uh, 5e adaptation, sci-fi adaptation uh, system that I was, I've raved about before, but uh, I am, I'm hopefully going to get that, that campaign off the ground f fucking finally, because it's been absolutely forever. Yep. But I am glad that it is happening. <clears throat> As for us with Frostwalkers, uh, C2 is kind of going on a bit of a hiatus. Um, we're probably going to swing back into 2021 with some new ideas, and I'm very excited for that. Hell yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some stuff. Um, I think I, I, I can't talk too much about it because I don't want to give too much away without, <clears throat> without all of my players around to talk about it with. But uh, there's going to be a bunch of new ideas, games, stories, just 
we're just going to be throwing shit at the wall and telling a bunch of fun stories for a while. And I think, I don't know, I'm real excited for that creative event atmosphere, you know? Just yeah. constant new ideas. I also can say that over this time, I was doing a lot of writing in the world of Frostwalkers, too. Hmm. I did Halloween stories in the month of October. I did a that homebrew book I was talking about for all the C1 stuff. And <clears throat> I've started like a cup the the world the continent of Catherine has a text RP. And uh me and my friend Midnight are working on something set in the world of C1 uh like ten years later. And that'll be fun. Because <clears throat> one of the coolest things about a finished campaign is I can keep going into that space at different time periods and just yeah. coming up with new shit. <clears throat> Oh yeah! Oh god! Don't get me started on fucking timelines. I've had uh, too much, too much reorganization lately. So <laughs> what B is saying is he's been way busier than us. Oh god, he's been far more productive. He's gotten a lot more done and has been a lot more productive in the last. I I, I blame the fact that I was pretty much already planning on being inside the year anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I like I. I took classes online, like that was already part of the plan. So it's just like, you know, it, the introvert life is one that lets me do things. Um, yeah, that uh, worked on some other TTRPG projects. That's kind of kind of it for me. Um, should we get into questions? Questions, questions. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go from the top, even though mm, I should probably go to the, from the bottom because we have one from May. <clears throat> uh, ooh, ooh, this is a question we can answer, but one I might want to keep for when we inevitably begin to allow people back into our tavern. This is actually a really good <laughs> uh, I've always been curious about the process, uh, how other DMs prep, get stuff down, build up connections and more. How do you manage your world building to make sure you can keep a connected base? That's a real cool question. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Oh, we could go on forever about this one. That was asked by the Silver Dusk, just so that's you know, out there. You couldn't have started with a simpler question like I can. I can. What's your name? I can start I'm so out of practice. No, that's fine. Um let's find a warm-up. Um Oh, here we go. Um, we should ease into but, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Midnight Blue has a pretty good warm-up. Uh, which systems other than D&D 5e do you enjoy and why? Uh, do you like or dislike D6-based systems? Hmm. So, I think... Yeah, I think part... Uh, they can, I mean, I can scream at me if I'm wrong. Um, I think part of the reason why they ask is that uh, Midnight is part of a Trail of Cthulhu live play now. And I believe Trail of Cthulhu is a D6 system. Oh, boy. Yeah. I got to listen to the oh, boy. this week. Oh, God. This week as we're recording. It's so good. It's real. If you're, if body horror ain't your thing, don't, don't, don't. Um, <laughs> I have one question and one question only. Yes. Are they going the full Henderson? I have not. Oh, God. I have not seen a Henderson yet. 
Okay. As of session, just... I have not seen I have not seen a budding Henderson yet. Okay, I, I ask really... purely because Trail of Cthulhu is what Henderson is from. Yep, yep. I have not seen the birthing. <laughs> this is only session one though, so a Henderson could yet be birthed. But um, <laughs> all I know is Midnight is playing a a bit of an outsider to this horrifying monster house pastiche. Um, and the other characters have been in there far longer, so stuff like the fact the house does not allow Wi-Fi to come in is a bit of a is true horror to poor Evelyn, <laughs> <laughs> who is apparently a YouTuber. <laughs> oh, good lord! Oh good man, point. Evelyn went for my throat in the first episode a couple times. Oh man! But anyway, on to the actual question: um, other systems than D and D five E that we enjoy. Man, I mean, I've already yelled about hyperlanes enough. True. And I just realized with CF as well, and well, yeah, no, Midnight's just got like all the basis to ask this question. Most of their works in other systems anyway. Yeah. Uh, God, I got the chance to play um, Urban Shadows Ooh. on Hallie's charity stream this October. Mm -hmm. I got to finally bring out my werewolf boy Aurelio. That was a good time. Um, <laughs> that one's 2d6. But that, I enjoyed Power by the Apocalypse. Yeah, um, I mean, I've had some fun with Monster of the Week. Um, the previous campaign, the previous Monster of the Week campaign that I was invited to and we started has sort of uh, died a couple sessions in. I got invited to another one, but I'm not sure when that's uh, when that's happening. Um, but yeah, I I haven't really I still haven't played a lot of systems. I don't get a lot of opportunities or offers to play, which is a little hmm, but c'est la vie. <clears throat> I mean, B, you made a whole fucking system. I mean, whether it's D twelve, right? I don't, uh, I don't. No, that's fine. It's D twenty. I basically, it's like use all of them. It's basically D twenty is your rule for everything, and then you could use your other dice depending on if they're good. Okay. All right. Right, right, right. Okay, it's coming back to me now. Yeah, yeah. it's the, the, the dice depends on how good your skill is, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, for me, I was just like, God, I hate when systems are like, buy the whole set because you need a D4, a D10, and a D12. But like, you need to buy the seven piece kit, but you're not going to use all seven pieces. You're only going to use a few of the archaic ones. I'm just like, use all the dice. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> uh, what about you, Lance? Any cool? Any cool? Uh, so, I really haven't played much besides 5e. Um, I do enjoy Monster of the Week. Played a little bit of that. Uh, working on getting into a couple of uh, things with Starfinder and Pathfinder. And uh, haven't actually played them yet, but I'm super excited to. And... Echo does Starfinder. I do have, I don't know if it's 5e, but I do have the Witcher tabletop game, and I'm super excited to play that. Ooh, that's exciting. That's a dark one, man. <laughs> I was reading through it, and I'm just like, oh, oh it's just like the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, D6 system. I mean, 
feelings on that specifically. I haven't played too many that are singular D6s, but I get it. I, I get why there are D6 only systems. They're the most available. Mm -hmm. I think if the uh, game is run well, I really enjoy D6 systems. It just depends on how the game is going and if it makes sense. I've had a few D6 systems where it didn't work. Like, I don't know how to describe it, it just it didn't work. That's fair. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Just to get even to something like a 20 in D6s, you need like four or three of them. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> it, then it becomes a big whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a good warm-up question. Um, I feel better now. Yeah, now we're in the groove. Uh, let's see. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Um. Uh, oh, uh, Wizard Power Seven Hundred asks the best advice you can give for backstory. I'm gonna sit this one out. I'm I suck at making characters. <laughs> actually, I think DM advice for this could be uh, the best advice I'd give is finds if if your DM gives you like. I like to write up like a page or something about the world I'm throwing my players in and giving it to them beforehand. You know? Like, I, I enjoy doing that. Um, if your DM does something like that with you, find something that you find interesting and drill into that with your character because it's going to make the DM feel really happy that you're interested in part of their world-building process. And it's going to make you really happy because then the DM's going to make the story around that thing you want to know more about. Agreed. <clears throat> yeah, I, I really don't have much to add to this. Uh... All right, sit back at my... Oh boy, it's Lance time. <laughs> 30 plus characters sitting in my D&D Beyond all with tense backstories. Uh, so actually, it's really funny because with Xanathar, uh, I talked with the DM and my character only knows two years worth of backstory and he has the amnesia backstory. So that's always a fun thing to do if your DM's willing to. Like Joe's super stoked about uh, he said, as long as you're willing to learn about your backstory throughout the game, you know. But I like to think of backstories as literal stories for your character. So you kind of think of, like, their beginning. Then there's some sort of, like, problem in their life. And then either a solution to that problem or a continuation of trying to fix that problem that you can bring into the story. So it's like, your backstory is literally a story of your character before everything happens. So you just got to think about what they did before everything. Give them a reason to continue on looking for answers or revenge or, you know, in search of something 
that could actually add more to the story that the DM's giving. And that's my two cents on it. That, yeah. I don't know. Lance has, I think that's everything I could have said more. Yeah, I, I would agree. Lance is probably the authority on this. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, um, final thing I'll throw in. Um, conflict in your backstory does not always have to be violent. This is a no. tangent. Like, they could be looking for something. Like, I it doesn't have to be a tragic backstory. No, it does not. And honestly, you might enjoy the... I've learned this this year. You might enjoy the character more if you give them a backstory that has some sad things and also, like, some things that are really cool that they enjoy. Like, give your character a hobby. <laughs> because <laughs> that just makes them happy and makes you more fulfilled. Uh, because they have something to be happy about, you know? <laughs> And then they can totally weird out the other players as that character is doing that hobby in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this what do you think hobby means? <clears throat> do you want a list? I could tell you. I could tell you about uh, about a hobby from one of my characters, which has which will weird out the party, but not in the way you're thinking. Um, what, making candles out of their own earwax? No, no. My good, good son, Kaipo, in the Lonnie Islands campaign is a bard, and he's a lore bard. He, spirit bard. He wanted to be a lore bard, but, you know, fate had different plans. Um, he likes to tell stories of heroes and other brave people. And so he sees this group of kids going to, you know, find the secrets of this undead menace before, you know, before the adults, because they think their adults are, and their families are going into a death trap. And Kaipo's just like, holy shit! I'm about to, like, get the inside scoop on these soon-to-be heroes. Hell yeah, I'm coming along for the ride. And what they don't know is the book he's constantly writing in is a fantastical recount of their adventures up till now with all the embellishments that a bard would give. So he's writing fanfic about his friends. Yes! <laughs> so what you're saying is he's Varric from Dragon Age. Mm-hmm. And lovely. And this, uh, is, this is Sparks Himbo, right? This is my character. Oh, Sparks that's your character. Okay. Yeah. I Sparks can't keep track of who oh, you're good. and Lonnie. Yeah, you're good. Uh Sparks' Himbo is the Hexblade Warlock. Um but uh <laughs> but instead of a blade, it's more like Hex Club. It's it's a long story. Oh my god. Anyway, um <clears throat> Kaipo is just a good boy. And uh the the, the part that Kaipo wasn't expecting was that the grave cleric in the party would start being really nice and then he'd have weird feelings. And then, you know, the back of his book has become his place to vent about that. Uh, and then, you know, someone bet him to read through his book. So now he's really trying to win that bet because he's just realized, oh, fuck, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Oof. So, so you could give your character a hobby that isn't tragic. And could be really funny <laughs> because I like I I have told a few people like if if he loses this bet I will actually like bite the bullet and write some of this shit down the way he would and it's gonna be you're real gonna bad. scenario it up oh yeah it'll be real bad 
I love my boy. But he's the thing is, it's not so much like the romantic side of things that he's interested in. It's more like he's gonna make everyone sound a hundred times more badass than the truth. So like, like a thing that actually happened in the campaign was we rescued a Lokatha from a Sahagin. In Kaipo's version of events, it was a whole army of Sahagin, but like you know, <laughs> it's for dramatic flair. <laughs> but yes, uh, point being, the backstory can also allow for some real good jokes. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Blue, or Kanzai, asks, this is probably a common question, but what is the wildest plan that your players had ever pulled off? Uh, I know the ones we've talked about in the past, um, I guess specifically for Lance and Kind of myself. Uh, any new ones worth worth a mention? Any new any new shit worth a pass? Sadly, no. Uh, so they haven't pulled it off yet, but our uh wow airplane go away airplane. Uh, so like I was saying um, before, we just recorded uh, space mall episodes. To get clothing to infiltrate a party on Princess Nora's homeworld. Uh, yeah. So the space mall was completely hilarious. All I can say uh, is Dungeon Fighter suit. Yeah! <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say any more on that. But, yeah, no, they are planning a plan that is, very it's one of those, it's very planable. It's one of those plans that if they get caught, it's pretty much over for them. Ooh, high risk, high reward. It's Yeah, it's high risk, high reward. They have to infiltrate this party to get something in her father's study to save her advisor. So they're going undercover as a family that is invited to the party. And it's just, it's, it's going to be good. Um, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Sito gets to join them on this adventure. So that's going to be fun. Um, besides that, I'm trying to think. Uh, there was an intense fight that's going to be releasing pretty soon on Hellera that I was shocked that they managed to pull off. Uh, half of the crew did not manage to pull it off. But just, and, uh, he paid the price. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, you know, just ancient demons and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, no, they're, they're doing some pretty good uh, plans and escape plans. I haven't really thrown much in the way of, like, instant, you have to come up with a plan to get out of this sort of thing. Yeah, no, I get that. But Botches did have to talk his way out of a uh, mall cop situation. Was their name? Oh my oh. god. 
Uh, it wasn't confirmed, but yes, there, yeah. Their, their name was Paul. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what they come up with. Uh, we're gonna get into some really fun, intense episodes here in the next couple weeks, and I'm excited to see what they do. I can't believe you got Paul Blart Mall Cop in your space days. <laughs> <laughs> you can't believe? Why can't you believe that? Really? No, I, you know what? You no. gave me the you gave me the opportunity to have a mall cop in space, and you think I'm not gonna name him Paul? <laughs> <laughs> perfect i oh my god okay quick 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 related uh side story here uh recently the um folks who run Voidfair and a bunch of other shows project derailed they opened up their discord server and so the other day i was just sort of vibing skimming through the conversation happening in general chat and i swear to fucking god i thought i saw a message that said something something kevin james about being psionic <laughs> And I had to do a fucking triple take to make sure I had not read what I thought I'd just read. Because the implication of psionic mall cop is just, oh, uh, uh, mm, uh, uh. <laughs> Psionic mall cop. Uh, Kevin James, psionic question mark? Uh, don't like that. Uh, it, it, you know what, um, you know what Kevin James, um, uh, Ikea counterpart is called? Hmm. Paul Biart. <laughs> uh, All right, moving on. Uh, let's see. Should we? Should we go into it? Oh, I guess I can answer the question. Um, I'll go with a C two story. Uh, there. I paid the price for this one because I got to be a player, but. I had a dumb plan, and I executed it, and it didn't go great, but I think it was one of those times where uh, the DM didn't quite know what to do with what I had to say. Um, there was this magical trickster thing causing chaos in the city, and Halloway has his patron, and he visits her and just goes, hey, you know, uh, what are you up to there with all this fucking bullshit going on in town? He knows that she didn't do this, by the way. And she's just like, I, I haven't been doing any of this. Like, this is all so archaic and childish. I would never do things this dumb. And he's like, well, it sure is working. The town's all riled up, man. Like, you've been at this for years. And this new kid on the block's shown up with a couple rubber snakes and has just taken all your turf. That's gotta suck. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, I could do better than them if I tried. And they're like, oh, really? Well, I mean, we are hunting this thing down now. So, like, if you ever wanted to prove yourself, like, I guess now's the time, am I right? And I could hear, um, I could hear that moment where the DM's like, oh, God, they have a point, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God, there's, like, there's a chance that this character might fall for this kind of blow to the ego kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Weaponizing yeah. their pride always mm -hmm. works. Uh, so, I believe in a moment of DM double-take, Cluronis just got pissed and tore Halloway's clothes instead of, you know, continuing the conversation because they were pissed. <laughs> so, like, it didn't work out, but it almost did. 
And I, and it was more so that I found the chink in Halloway's patron's armor that is their pride with rubber snakes. I don't know. Like, I technically lost that situation, but I feel like Halloway won, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, the fact they got so mad that they didn't have a witty comeback and instead just, like, tried to attack him. It's like, ah, I win. <laughs> Uh, that was good. fantastic. That was a good scene. Um, and then the torn up handkerchief started leading down the the changeling reveal road, which was cool. Um, but yeah, that was the time I. That was my stupid plan was weaponize the pride of the of the recurring villain to try and get them to be a temporary ally. Didn't quite work. What I how Not I intended, quite, but yeah. But like close, but no cigar. And frankly, frankly, the fact I got close to Halloway means the world, because <laughs> now wow. she's fallible. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, I feel like it's first segment time. If we wanted to do that. Oh yes. Yes. All right. Who goes first? I believe the tradition has always been terrible D&D ideas first. Oh, okay. Oh, this is a good one. Strap in, folks, because I have a post. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a post here on my Tumblr tagged with absolutely horrible D&D ideas that I must try out ASAP. Post by user Prokopets, which a lot of people probably know. <clears throat> Pending character creation changes for Dungeons & Dragons 6th edition. 1. The game's default setting no longer has native humans. Human player characters are presumed to be interdimensional travelers from Earth. 2. Dwarves are now magnetic. They don't have magnetic powers as such. Metal objects just stick to them. 3. Orcs are secretly robots. Only orcs know this. Four, drow are replaced with low elves, who are exactly like high elves, except they build their towers down instead of up. They regard surface-dwelling peoples as very silly for building on the wrong direction. <laughs> Five, all non-human species now have half-variants rather than just elves and orcs, but instead of being half-human, they're half the size. Nobody is completely sure what halflings are half of. And six, gnomes can fly. Which of these would you want to include in your fucking campaign? Low elves. Is totally low elves. Low elves, dude. I agree with them. Why would you build your buildings up? It gives them the perfect excuse to have an Australian accent, mate. It's true. <clears throat> come from the land down under. <laughs> I don't know. I think dwarves are magnetic. It's really funny, too. Just like, Especially if they they're like... A tavern and all the fucking tankards and silverware in the place just could you imagine a gnome of blacksmith that is magnetic <laughs> oh my god i feel so oh no uh oh what would happen if a gnome and an orc got close to each other uh you mean dwarf dwarves dwarves are the magnetic or dwarves dwarves what if a dwarf a dwarf and a ro oh god a dwarf and a orc oh no 
It'd just be that thing where you see this orc walking and there's this dwarf just on his back. That would be just arms crossed. The fox. Oh, God. Hang on. I Okay, I'm curious. I'm going to look up. Because I want to know... Uh, is ferromagnet Aha! A magnet subjected to heat experiences a reduction in its magnetic field as the particles within the magnet are moving at an increasingly faster and more sporadic rate. Okay. So, a a a, uh, a magnetic dwarven blacksmith would be cool. He'd be fine as long as the metal was still hot. He'd never lose his hammer. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Oh, God. Might not be able uh, to see. reach it, but, you know. I think my favorite is that uh, nobody's sure what halflings are half of. I think that I think that's the best one. It's just like, yeah, okay, so there's you got your your half elves, your half orcs, your half tabaxi, your half fucking whatever, and then you got the halflings. What are what are halflings half of? Uh lings? And a halfling who's nearby just like shakes their head. No. <laughs> what are you half of? I'll never tell. Shrugs. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> no, I find it I find it funnier to imagine the halflings one hundred percent know what they're half of. Oh god, maybe they killed their larger counterparts. Maybe they just committed genocide on the lings. Oh, you know, wink, <laughs> wink. Uh, so the halflings know, but they're not fucking telling. <laughs> no matter how drunk you get a halfling, they won't tell. It's a secret. It's so it's so good of a secret that they need to like unlock the memories to find out. And then they just explain it in Ling, which is just a dead language. Yeah, exactly. They they start talking and nobody can fucking understand what they're saying cuz cuz linguish has been dead for a thousand years. Do you think that's where the the term linguist comes from? Fuck! Whoa. <laughs> oh my god, we're on some galaxy brain shit right now. This is what happens when I have peppermint schnapps hot cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <clears throat> <clears throat> well, I personally am a big fan of flying gnomes. Because, <clears throat> because I mean, how couldn't you be? Look at them. They're so happy. <laughs> oh god, there's somebody in the notes here say, uh, user bluebread mage. Um, but wait, gnomes can already fly. Gnomes are between three and four feet tall and average around 40 pounds. Mage hand. Uh, mage hand, the attack cannot carry uh, more than 10 pounds. Enlarge, reduce. Reduce, the target size is halved in all dimensions and its weight is reduced to one-eighth of normal. <laughs> So if you cast Reduce on a gnome and then Mage Hand yeet them, the gnome can fly. Actually, no. If the, ma if the gnome casts Reduce on themselves and then casts Mage Hand, they can fucking hack Newtonian physics and just make themselves fly. Pick them up by the seat of their own fucking underwear and... Oh, God. They give themselves a wedgie, probably. <laughs>
lethal self wedgie. Oh man. So this has been absolutely horrible D and D ideas that I must try out ASAP. I've already written down notes. Oh <laughs> yes, good. Good. Let's see. Back to questions then. Um. Yeah, let's do a few more. We should finally get back to Silver's question. <clears throat> yeah, I'm ready yeah, for it now. Do that. Uh, they've. I've always been curious as to the process of how DMs prep, get stuff down, build up connections. How do you manage your world building? Make sure you keep a connected and solid base. I don't know about you, but I use World Anvil. <laughs> This is an advertisement. <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this. I just love it. No, I know. It's so <clears throat> useful. Uh, World Anvil is actually a very good choice. It's not for everybody. I will say that. Um, but yeah, I, I fucking love World Anvil. If you should, everyone should at least give it a try. Every, every world builder should give World Anvil a try. Because to me, it's, it's very much worth it. I actually uh, recently... I think last month they opened up um limited grandmaster lifetime subscriptions where you basically pay five hundred dollars and you are now subscribed to the site for fucking ever for forty thousand years i checked it's forty thousand years <laughs> you're subscribed to the site for forty thousand years um so i i uh rev and i uh rev very nicely uh helped in purchasing that so now i am a i am a lifetime grandmaster i i don't have to worry about month, monthly payments anymore um yeah i i i am 100 invested in world anvil uh and and for good reason they keep putting out more and more new features and stuff um uh the new map software that they're collaborating with others on uh is is in the works project deus um that's right I, and we heard the inklings of that beginning when we did the episode about heroes god that two years ago now yeah. um i i cannot confirm but i have i have heard slash seen rumors uh that they are working on a new tool that will help you organize your timelines as well Ooh. so oh that does sound very cool <clears throat> I didn't do World Anvil for C1 because I didn't know it existed. But next time I do like a long form campaign, I think that's going to be. You can. Yeah, no, um, I can. Just, just do that. Uh, oh, uh, if you're a writer, just like a straight up writer, if you, you, you don't, you're not running a campaign, you're not world building for the hell of it, you're specifically writing, they have a basically a, a, a docs equivalent tool now called Manuscripts where you can literally draft your book novel whatever in world anvil and like consistently reference stuff from your world so you don't have to like tab back and forth all the time uh it's That's really awesome. cool i haven't tried it yet but it's it's really cool <clears throat> So yeah that's that's the end of my shilling for world anvil uh how about you guys <laughs> again we are not sponsored by world We're anvil sponsored i wish we were uh well i yeah. can sponsor us Janet, we have are are following up the only people on my patreon right now <laughs> so i get <laughs> from them which is very nice um 
but yeah, no, this is not this is not a paid advertisement. I'm just really fucking. Anyways, please continue. Uh, well, for me, I know I've said this before, uh, but preparing for episodes in general, I used to do a lot. I used to write like four freaking pages and stress that it wasn't going to be enough. Now I'm lucky if I get like a few bullet points down because I've learned that as a DM, I'm here to give them a story, but they're the ones that's filling in like the pages. Yeah. So I have a, I have all of their backstories in which I've made like a timeline. I haven't done World Anvil. Uh, I tried and got overwhelmed a little bit. <laughs> Mainly because I'm old and don't know how to use technology. But I do a timeline of my characters' backstories. I do main bullet points that I know the characters are going to go through. Uh, main story things. And then they pretty much get themselves there. Uh, if you have a good good crew that works well together, like I do with 20SA, love you guys, uh, <laughs> you, you kind of luck out when it comes to that, because you can have those main bullet points and that those just plot points down. That's what they're called. Plot points. And they work so well together that they create the story for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would definitely agree with that. And they it's 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 important to get your players' input, as we've said numerous times before, when you're building your campaign world. Um, oh yeah, which is what I did recently with Orion's Echo. Like I've laid out um, stuff for I I I independently laid out stuff for like species and and culture and stuff, but they're just general guidelines. And uh, recently, when I was sort of getting back into the groove of OE, I sort of I pinged the the players in my server and I said, "Hey guys, uh, so I'm doing some more lore work for Orion's Echo, and I want to get your thoughts on what we should do tech wise, because there's there's a wide range of like options. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a wide range of options um, for various technologies that are common in sci-fi." Um, so, you know, for, for faster than light, obviously we want faster than light travel because that makes the whole thing possible. But, like, what kind do we want? I mean, obviously the dump gates are canon, so wormholes are canon. But do we want to do, like, warp drives or rhyme in hyperspace or something weirder, like, I don't know, infinite improbability drive or something? Um, and what about gravity? Like, do we want to do standard artificial gravity or do we want to make it interesting and say that gravity only exists in terms of like quote unquote gravity only exists in terms of acceleration. So like um, when a ship is accelerating or braking or when a station is rotating, that's the only time you'll get gravity in space um, because all of that, all of those preferences inform uh, how the world is built and specifically how the uh, technology is built. Cause for, you know, for warp drives, generally you need warp rings. Um, that that's what makes the space go ver. Um, for for depending on artificial gravity, like if you have proper artificial gravity, like gravity manipulation technology, 
you can build your ships any fucking way you want because you can manipulate gravity. But if you're slave to the whims of uh, acceleration, then your ships are basically going to be built like uh, apartment stacks, like vertical stacks where each deck is the decks are perpendicular to the direction of thrust. And each space station is going to have these segments that are massive wheels. Um, so in the end, we decided to go for more like softer tropes, like the uh, typical hyperspace, like Ryman hyperspace, um, and and artificial gravity, Cause, mainly because it makes things easier. But um, also, it it when you in include these things, you have to think about like the uh the impact that it, the other impacts that it has on your on your world so like if you have gravity manipulation tech you pretty much automatically get dirt cheap planet crackers you get you get weapons that you can you can take gravity plates and just i don't know mount a bunch of them to the back of a fucking tungsten telephone pole and then turn them on and watch this thing shoot towards a planet and glass the thing um <clears throat> so you gotta it, it introduces new challenges um so long that's that's a very long-winded and self-indulgent way of saying um get your players input on on how what the details of your world not just like the general feel of the world but like things that you want to include or not include because because it affects it, it it is all about what they want what like the story and the world that they want to explore um but it's, it's also about the details the details. <clears throat> yeah. That was a lot. <laughs> Sorry. Also, when you can't go through all that scientific stuff because you didn't go and learn space stuff in college, you can just say magic. <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> oh, it's magic is, is a lot of what I did with uh, Adrian, which is the fantasy world that I was building for my first campaign, which didn't end up happening. Still might, not sure. But a lot of it is just like, uh, this isn't possible. Uh, magic. <laughs> and that's what Space Days is. It's like, well, how does your uh, how do your ships work? Magitech. Well, what's Magitech? Magic and technology. <laughs> what, what one can't explain, the other can. Exactly. Yep. But you know, I totally agree with Spy. And like, your players can bring something new to the table of your world that you wouldn't have thought of. Like, I had my characters or the uh, players of Space Days build their own homeworlds, and like their customs and their holidays. And it's actually been really fun, and it's going to be really fun to incorporate that into what's going to be happening. Yeah. It's awesome. <clears throat> Hell yeah. What about you, B? Did you answer the question? I can't I remember. Didn't. I didn't. I, you, guys, you guys have such very good answers. We got uh, so excited. No. Hell yeah. Uh, a lot of what I have for C1 is written on Google Docs and just notes that I've acquired through the ages. Um, <clears throat> if we're going to talk like history setup, uh, the history for Timshul was something that I had kept kind of light and breezy because I I had some ideas, but I wanted my players to like maybe inform it if that's a route they wanted to take, you know? Especially uh -huh. because Caleb was a prince, like the legacy of that could have become a thing. But the story really, the story kind of took its own shape 
you know, kind of was about what happened in the moment. Um, but when C1 ended, because it's bizarre for me to remember, but that technically was this year, like mid this year. C1 ended in like May. <clears throat> so like, Did it? yeah, right? No, that ended like, wait. May. It was April, May. Hold on. I'm going to Spotify right now because I don't believe myself. Got the, because, okay. Okay, let's t- let me try and mentally map this. Arc 4 kind of really kicked off at the start of 2020 because of, like, our typical holiday break we take. February, March. To the River was March 30th. Part 2 in 2D was April 6th. Yeah, no, the finale episodes were April 13th. A Blanket of Stars and Before the Dawn were April 13th, 2020. And God, then, that's fucking wild to think about. Right. And then the finale Q&A was May 4th. Uh, and the... May 8th was our TableCon post. Our eTableCon post. <clears throat> so, yeah, that was in May. That feels like two years ago. <laughs> what have I done with my life? It feels like it's been two years since then. But, like, yeah, C1 only ended, like, midway into into 2020. So, like, th- there are a lot of unanswered questions. And i'm kind of happy about that because the characters knew what they wanted to accomplish we accomplished it and then i'm cool that we let people want more than answered every single detail and kind of exhausted the possibilities of the world you know Mm -hmm. so like now i get to do things like go in with ava my partner and wildervere as well and be like hey why don't we set an RP in like the very beginnings of this continent like what did it look like and build off of that and that's just part of the history and characters from that could appear in the future like it's really cool and uh the Halloween episode we did Fangs and Feathers introduced a whole other kingdom because I'm insane (laughs) yeah Um, now you know how I feel yeah just like yeah, you know, for Halloween, Tim Schull isn't the best place to do a Halloween story because it's very, like, Christmas feeling. But if we just had, like, a very spooky kingdom, what would that be like? And then I went off, and then we had the Kingdom of Temeret, and then when the characters from My Sweet Oleander, Ava's webcomic, became part of that mix, it was like, oh, Lawrence is a vampire. Oh, this this is going to work great. Cool. Vampire. <laughs> like, it kind of all fell into place. <clears throat> but then now I have Temeret, which I can answer questions about, and Catharoon, which has things. And my my thing is, I love I love the opportunities to go in and fill in blanks with different people, like with your players, with friends, through RPs, with just filling in those spaces, learning about this thing together, and creating communally. Like by the time all of these projects would be exhausted. I would have like three kingdoms that someone could run a game in, and then the, the onus would be on me to like write those up as if they were squad books, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm cool with that. I love. I I every once in a while someone will ask me something like, "Hey, so like, uh, like, are there other creatures like terror in the multiverse of your world? Are there like, you know, there's things like that?" I'll be it's. Ah, it's so cool. It's so cool. And different people bring new ideas and new concepts and things I would never consider. Like, the thing for uh, 10 years into Tim Schull's future, I never would have considered doing a story about investigative T 
tieflings looking into like the remnants of cults. I never would have done a story <laughs> like that. But like now I am. And it's gonna be weird and interesting. Or like looking back with Cypress and Owen, like quick characters I didn't know I would love. I don't know. It's to me the coolest part about building a base for your world is starting with like what the players need. And then with time, things just sprout and you fall in love with those new things and you cultivate them and it just becomes this big web that before you know it, you're sitting on this ginormous universe and you're just like, oh, well, I made this with people I like. And that feels really good. <laughs> yeah. In my case, I created an actual literal universe. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, it's so cool that like you can look at planets in the space days cosmology and be like, oh yeah, that's the one my player made. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super fun. And like, whenever you bring those story, those planets into the story, like that's gotta be incredibly gratifying. It's it's really fun to like sometimes when I'm making a planet and I'm not quite sure about it, I'll ask my players like a secret question, like, hey. Give me something like a creature, or give me a race, or like, you know, something like that. They don't know what they're giving me, or what they're doing it for, but most of the time it's Kaz. I'm just like, hey, yes or no? And then they get this terrified look, and they're like, (laughs) yes? And I just start writing, they're like, no, wait, no! (laughs) Oh, perfect. It's awesome. Yeah, I honestly, I'm going to take a page out of your book when I'm uh, working on, uh, or when I'm actually running Orion's Echo, because Orion's Echo is definitely designed as a planet hopper, sort of in the style of Space Days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be fun to have my players help fill in those gaps. Because, like, I have ideas, but Orion's Echo is definitely intended to be way more collaborative than the rest of my world's uh, bar bar pine reed of course (laughs) um but like it it contrasts pretty starkly to uh, say the diaspora which i've been working on for fuck over six years now um and i'm still or or god forbid uh arcverse which is over 10 years old now and and i'm still constantly just writing and rewriting and it's all like the vast majority of these concepts that are in either of those are of my own devising because I'm very obsessive and 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 hands-on with my world building. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair though. <clears throat> oh, oh man. I don't remember why this popped into my head. Oh right, one of the questions was systems we enjoyed way 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 back. And you saying that reminded me of our interview with Ren, and that reminds me that I got to play in a system that Ren devised for the future of Here There Be. Ooh, right. I got, to, I got to play a... The interesting thing about that system is uh, the concept of like fantasy like race slash like the ancestry just didn't matter. Like, yeah. you, could, you could play whatever you want. So I walked in kind of expecting to do something a la a tiefling. And so I went with that. And uh, I ended up with Briar, a very chaotic character. Um, anyway, uh, 
Sorry, that just completely... No, no. So many questions back, but it just... Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, uh, we took a long time on that question. We um, did. I'll try and I'll try and find a quick one. Um, I was gonna say, do we want to do want to move to another segment real quick? Oh, do we want to do a pub pun? Please, I'm Maybe. dying to hear this one. It's my time to shine. <laughs> it's Sorry, been but... so long. Lay I've on been. Me. I've been. Telling all my puns to Kaz, and I'm pretty sure they're about ready to kick me out of the house. Oh, <laughs> all right. right. So, Lance's pub pun. Pun pub. I don't know what it is anymore. It changes every time. It, it does. Uh, all right. Which body of water do you get bonuses to cross? Oh, boy. The proficiency. Fuck! God damn it! God damn it! Fuck you! <laughs> I was I was thinking to myself like Ad- advantage something. God damn it! <laughs> the proficiency. God. The proficiency. Uh, that has to exist somewhere. You're welcome. God, it's it's terrible. Thank you. <laughs> That Unfortunately, feels, I love it. That feels very crumble, I'm just saying. The pr- oh, mm, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, the only sea that I've cano- that, that I've canonized in Crundle is the Cloud Sea, uh, upon which the Majikaki swim. Um, the Majikaki, by the way, are giant flying disembodied ears that shoot lightning out of their ear holes and watch slice of life anime. Um, it, God, what a life! <laughs> What a life to lead, frankly. Yes, go go earring on the cloud sea. <sighs> you know, there's a, a mythical giant Majikaki. Um, it's called Lobi Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Spy stole Lance's puff. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lance. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you have a super extra special bonus for us, or or was that was that the only one for this week? Huh. Um. You know what? Hang on. Let me look through my list of of puns. Oh, he's I, got a list, folks. I he's got a list. I believe that this list exists. Oh. Oh, yeah. It, it exists. It's secret, and it exists. And okay. <laughs> it's not secret anymore. <sighs> oh, you don't know what it says. Oh, God, All right. right. How does the paladin protect against the heat of a firebolt? Oh boy. He turns up his AC. Fuck! Oh my god! I hate it! That one's even worse! Oh, it's so good! See, that's what happens when you steal my uh, spotlight. The puns just get worse. You fucking one-up me! Holy shit! (laughs) I don't know, Roby Dick was pretty good. Oh god! Turns up his AC! Fuck! God, God, I found I found the thing that I need to give. Like, if I ever do something with like ice mages as a subclass, I found the pun. God damn! Anyway. I have another one. Oh my God! Three for oh, one. Right, let's do this. Three in a row. Let's just, try. just because you know we haven't really. Oh, you, know. you gotta give the people their fix. Yeah. yeah. yeah too long. All right. Uh, why do wizards like fireballs so much? 
Joe Cat told them to like it. <laughs> it's a well-rounded spell. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. Bye! <laughs> Alright, I'm done. I haven't had the chance to just do puns, like, completely. Wow. You're welcome. Wow. Come back, Spy! Come back! I'm gonna find a way to shape spells to make that fireball cube just to spite you now. <laughs> I'll find a way. Fire cube. Wouldn't that be, uh, you'd have to have the help of a fire genasi, uh, I think. That what, sounds they have right. fire? With the, yeah, manipulate fire. They can change it. Could you imagine changing, like, the fireball into, like, the shape of a heart? It's Is a hunk, a hunk to burn in love. Ah, uh, fuck, I was gonna say that. <laughs> I can't <laughs> Alright, quick, give me another question before I do a fifth one. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, let's see, let's see. It's gonna become an addiction, oh no. Um, let's see. Lance's oh, here's one. here's one. This was Lance's pub puns, we were evacuating. Um, <clears throat> the, the pub is currently burning down. <laughs> God. In the shape of a cube. And a heart at the same time. It's a problem. Uh, anyway. Tesseract. What can I say? I'm on fire tonight. God. <clears throat> Fuck! We <laughs> were too late. Wait, hold on. Um, oh, wait. This might be a question we asked Hallie. This is about a... Dare you sit? Wait. Um, I think that we asked a question like this to Hallie. But... Oh, this must have been one of the ones that we decided to keep because it was good for guest stars. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Okay. Moving on then. Uh, let's see. Um, Livy asks, "How do you rant about something you're excited about without giving?" We did answer this one with, "You don't. You can't. It's impossible." No. This is why. This is this is the secret. This is the secret to all you DMs out there. This is the secret. What you do is you have your players, <clears throat> and you make them all your friends. You know, all your players are your buddies. But they're not all of your friends in that party. So what you do, what you do is you have a couple other friends who you're like, hey, you're not playing this game, so, like, you're going to be my, <laughs> my therapist. I can yell at you about these things. You're going to be my rubber duck. Right, and if, I, and if you tell someone in the party, you're dead. <laughs> This especially works well if you are in another game with them, because then you could actually threaten their other character. So, you know. Isn't this how 3DM started? This is absolutely how 3DM Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was just the urge to rubber duck at each other. So thank you, Livy. You've just, you solved it. You solved this whole thing. <clears throat> You've cracked um, the fucking Da Vinci code. Da Vinci? <laughs> I'm sorry! How Inst do I boot B from the <laughs> Instant regret. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, Shay asks, when you do character voices, do you imagine the character to sound like yourself, or are you imitating what their voice sounds like as close as you can? Further, both for most people, if it's the second choice, what are some headcanon voices for some of your characters? So, we've talked a little bit about character voices. Uh, yeah, a little bit. We've talked, We've talked a, a bit. 
a significant bit about character voices. But this so is a, it, this is an interesting question. Yeah, uh, it's more like, are you trying to match the voice you have for them in your head, or is it the voice in my head for them is the voice I give them? Damn it. Yeah, uh, I'm. It it kind of varies, honestly. Um, like okay, like for for fucking for Jerry. With his thanks, thanks. That's how he sounds. That's just flat out like that is Jerry's voice. Or like, um, Jetai definitely he sounds like this. That is how he talks. But for like when I'm like doing fucking uh one of the NPCs from OE that we get to hear, um uh a Care Vyth, who is this absolute brick shit house of an orc tiefling. Um He's got a very low voice. He's got a very low register and sort of a very uh received pronunciation queen's english accent but i can't i'm not i'm not a baritone by nature so i i just go as deep as i can and hope it doesn't sound stupid so it it's 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 a bit of both it depends on the character or like definitely for um for femme sounding characters i i I can't do femme voices for the fucking life of me, so I just approximate it as best I can. <clears throat> That's fair. Um, <clears throat> I would say... Man, uh... Kind of the same deal. Depends on the character, you know? Um... I guess, I guess, I guess we can move on to the part of the question that is, do you have a character who has, like, someone who you're like, I would, I would cast them in a heartbeat to play this person. We could maybe give one or two each if we have them. I, no, honestly, I, I'm so bad at actually assigning voices to my characters. That's fair. What about you, Lance? Uh, so most of my characters, like, okay, Nero, my Triton fighter, uh, he kind of has a, a broken, broken language. He, he's got the, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I knew kind of what I wanted for him, and I tried my best, but it ended up not being exactly what I wanted, but it still worked. I don't know. Most of my NPCs, they are panic voices. Uh, I feel that. So, like, they'll be like, oh, okay, well, we go into this. And I'm like, well, there's a kobold. And they're like, I go talk to him. And I'm like, well, crap, now I have to think of a voice for him. So he ends up being like this. <laughs> and honestly, that was probably my, like, favorite NPC in the mall. But, uh... Wow. And it's it's really funny to like I mean okay I'm not gonna lie it's a little weird I used to be really self conscious about doing NPC voices uh, the only one that I ever really did was Mr B and it was you know he was an old old guy grouchy old guy but uh since my voice has dropped from my uh, testosterone. I've actually become a lot more confident in doing really silly, like, NPC voices, or, uh, my Ronin voice is 
I'm, I'm just mm, so good. Just chef's kiss. Uh, yeah. Because he had that kind of a southern twang to it. So having that kind of baritone voice now that suits it, I'm just like, yeah, okay, I can do that. I feel more comfortable doing that. But, no, nah, most of mine are panic. <laughs> Fair enough. Whatever comes out of my mouth is that character's voice. Word of so, God and all. Now yep. forever, amen. <clears throat> oh. Oh, guys. Hey, Spy. Yeah. In, in the 3DM's channel, I know you linked Yahoo Answers. Oh, fuck! Yes! Uh, what? There's, I, I, I have I the one you pulled up. I totally fucking forgot. I have the one you pulled up. Uh, I did look. Um, so, can, how do can, we... Can I be can, the one? You can, read, you can absolutely read the first one. I have a good one as well, um, but I'll do mine later. But I guess we should just say, uh, I guess... Is this going to be a thing? Or are we just going to look up D? I don't know if it's going to be an actual thing because I don't know if there's like an actual wealth of like tabletop centric Yahoo ridiculous Yahoo answers. Yeah, oh, I found, I found one on like the first one. Um, yeah, we'll the see. Thing we'll is, see. I've been That's listening nice. to a lot of uh, my brother, my brother, and me lately because late night uh, hyper focus doing doing uh, modeling stuff, and the brothers have been keeping me company. So out of pure just for the for the shits and giggles of it, I looked and tried to find like a, a thematic uh, Yahoo question about tabletop games that that was ridiculous enough to make us all laugh on air. And I think I found one. So I, I'm just going to I'm going to find it and I'm going to read it. Uh, I have to navigate to the page on my phone because my computer is to my side. and. Do not want to talk away from the mic. Uh, there it is. This, oh my god, okay. <clears throat> this is a, a Yahoo question um, asked by an anonymous user in Games and Recreation card games one decade ago. That carries a lot of weight. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the question is, D&D &D versus Pokemon with nine question marks. <laughs> so it reads more, D&D &D versus Pokemon? D&D &D versus Pokemon? <laughs> oh, no. Which is better, me, D&D, &D, my little bro, Pokemon. And I, I don't think you can equivocate these, because they're not... Like, they're both RPGs, and in a way, they're both tabletop, but... Mm, mm. Like, okay, there are tabletop RPG systems for Pokemon, right? I mean, B, you've looked at a bunch of them. They're all f ridiculously fucking complicated, if I remember correctly. There's one I found that it has a, a glimmer of potential. I'm looking into that one. All right. Um, but, like... This... Okay, this question... If you're... Okay. If you're talking about, like the the trading card versions of both of these D, &D doesn't have trading cards unless you count spell cards which no you wouldn't um <laughs> it would be more fair to compare um pokemon with fucking magic the gathering because that's a fucking trading card game right, right. There, there you have some metric by which to measure them but they're not 
they're not the same though like D- okay pokemon is a video game and dnd is a tabletop rpg i almost went on a magic the gathering years pokemon tcg rules rant so thank you for stopping me um <laughs> <laughs> i just fucking bulldozed right on through <laughs> oh, it almost happened thank thank you this is we're we're what an hour in now yeah almost two oh thank you midnight <clears throat> they they put something live in the chat. We'll get to that. Anyway, no no nobody else needs to look at it. I caught it. <clears throat> uh, the fundamental thing is, it's just, it's it's just a, it's an opinion question, really. It's like, what it do you is. prefer, D and D or Pokemon? And considering, <sighs> and we've we've deep dived into the homebrew wiki. We know, oh, yes, we, we know the homebrew wiki is out here making. D&D races for every Pokemon in existence. Oh, like, we, we've done that. We've seen that part. So, like, why do we have to fight? <laughs> Por que no los dos? Why can't we be friends? <clears throat> we, we can have both. We can coexist. <clears throat> uh, I will say um, Pokemon was the gateway drug. And then I found other things, and then I ended up in D and D. So this the younger brother being the one to say Pokemon. Oh, vaguely prophetic. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> uh, my Yahoo, the one I found when I just clicked on the Yahoo page, and it's the first one. Um, the first one, okay. the literal first one. When you search D and D, I think you'll enjoy this. <clears throat> and uh, I think you. I don't know, guys. This is, this is a real toughie. Is D&D a good first date? <sighs> this was asked by Anonymous in shit. a decade ago. I can see why they're anonymous. So this is... Dude, if this, you have to ask that question... This is, this is, this is, this is the context. They, gave, they actually gave context. <clears throat> okay. I like this girl at my school. I'm a sophomore. She's a senior in high school. She's the most oh. popular girl in the school, and I oh. I said one word to her in class this year. Yes, to a question. She lives in my neighborhood, and I was thinking I should invite her over to play D&D. I'm an intense D&D player, and I doubt she's ever played. I have the perfect setting. Oh no! <laughs> it's a lake with a spell put on it, but oh my god. Okay. Please just, just fucking get it over with. <clears throat> Unless it's like really not safe for work. I'm 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 scanning. I'm scanning. Is it a long one? No, it's just I I need to check. You know. Let's see. Okay, 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 it's not. I'm I'm getting some huge incel vibes off of this one. Oh, for sure. I'm sorry, whoever you are. I'm starting to wonder if it's a joke. Like it's so it's so comedic. I'm starting to wonder if it's a joke. So the setting is a lake with a spell put on it by a fairy named Freyload. People must cross it to go to a town filled with riches. She doesn't have a character, but maybe she could use my backup. It would kill my stats, but I guess it's worth it. I figure after that we could go in my room. We could play Destroy and play RuneScape. Computer in my room is the computer's in my room, so my mother would have to be in the room. Of course. Okay, this is a joke. It has to be a joke. Oh, please. But the computer is in my room, so my mother would have to be in the room, of course. Like, okay, this has to be a gag. After that, it would be like 8.30 p.m., and it would be time to call it a night. Oh. Ask her to go on a date later. What do you think, ladies? 
I think I th- hold on. This is a sophomore in high school. Oh, it, dude! I, I, it has to be a joke. I really can't tell. I I, I cannot I, fathom this not being a joke because I it 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 makes me afraid to think that someone out there might have thought this was a good idea. Real, that this person is real. It's even, not even that this thing that they think that this is a good idea. It, 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 based on everything that we can tell for, about this question asker from the question, I like. Don't get me wrong. We all had our fucking awkward nerd phase in middle school and high school. This is true. We're a nerd, in which case I don't know why the fuck are you listening to the podcast. I don't um, know if Vin Diesel plays D <clears throat> He's automatically a nerd, though. That's um, true. But he's doing like fucking he Marvel movies. He's a nerd. Anyways. True. I forget where I was going with this, but, like, this is... This is just, like... Wow. D&D as a first date is a great idea, but not this way. No, not like this. Not like this. See, see, the question... It, it's all about the context of this question. Right. Like, okay, flat out, D&D is a first date. I mean, if you think it's a good idea, chances are the person that you are interested in also thinks it's a good idea. If you are at, at, in any way reasonable about picking who you date, like, yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's probably going to be fun. Yeah, like, because chances are, let's be real, if you're deciding D&D might be a good first date, you're probably going out with someone who also plays D&D. Exactly. But if you're in fucking middle school and you, like, a stereotypical middle school guy have a crush on the hottest girl in school and think that this is a good idea, it, let's go back. Let's, let's sort of look back at this question. Said one word to her all year. Now, I don't know if that's an exaggeration. This is, again, this is probably a joke. It's probably a joke, but like, for for argument's sake. Yes, let's, let's assume that this is... That is going to go over well. Oh, buddy. I don't want to assume that this is real. But like, for the sake I, of I argument... I don't either, for, for my own, for the sake of my own mental health. Yeah, I don't... This was asked a decade ago, which leads me to... Hold on, okay, let me think about this. They were a sophomore in high school ten years ago. And they would have been junior senior. Let's assume they did four years of college. This person's out in the working world right now. This person might have a fucking PhD by now. Unlike Do you want to see the favorite answer? At least a bachelor. What? Please. The, okay, Please. The, the favorite answer. Haha. D and D answer. Here's the deal. Forget the fairy setting. You need to cater to the fact she's popular. She's also a senior, so they're much mature, much more mature ideas than the fairies. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. blah. All else fails. Threaten. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, you guys being a knight, turning armor, and help her get her kingdom back. You get the idea. Showiness is important. You always want to look good. If all else fails, threaten to turn her family into zombies or to reincarnate them as newts. You can pull up the deck tell of me this is in the game. Do not turn your family into zombies in real life. Oh, this, this is the D&D answer. Then the real life answer. Are you kidding me? Ah! <laughs> <sighs> is not such a place for someone of your age to ever take a girl on a first date. Hell, any age for that matter. Not unless you've talked about D&D with her and she's genuinely interested, which I doubt is the case. I got my girlfriend to play and she liked it, but she was already my girlfriend. 
Dandy is something you casually bring up after you've already conned them into dating. <laughs> Even then, you only do it if the group you play with are cool by the girl standards, not yours. If you are serious, and you're going to have a hard time anyway if you're in 10th grade and she's in 12th asking her out, start slow, get in with her friends, if you can. Find out things she likes and cater to those things. Don't be overly dorky with romantic-type crap too early. It won't fly. A date that caters to the things she likes is best. If it takes too long for you to get in, <clears throat> it... Uh, but eventually, do then ask her to prom. Good luck. You will need it. Jesus. Yeah, uh, we're a fucking... We're fucking three nerds sitting in our fucking closets talking about D&D. I don't think we're qualified to give this sort of advice. Well, maybe Lance. Lance is married, so like... I don't know. He's probably qualified. Uh, yeah. So that whole part about don't don't be nerdy when you first interact. Yeah, that that's total bullshit. Oh yeah, uh, no. no, for listen, sure. Listen, if if that if you are hiding a part of yourself to be more appealing to a person that you are interested in, do not be interested in that person. They are not a good fit for you. Did you watch Aladdin? Okay, when I when I met Kaz, we were in art history together. They were the quiet, timid person in the back i was the rambunctious distracted person in the front uh i purposely forget my stuff so i could borrow their stuff and i thought they were cute wanted to get to know them but also an introvert so i wasn't quite sure how to go about that plus i'm nerdy as hell uh so one day they're wearing a death note shirt that says l on it and uh Spoilers to whoever hasn't watched Death Note at this point, you're probably not going to. But as they're walking back, they pass me, and I shout, Ha ha, L dies. Oh no! <laughs> oh god! And the How the is... fuck are you married to this person now? The rest is history, I guess. The rest is history. Instant love. I, I think. I'm not sure. I'm not, I honestly don't know how we got married. Like... Cass puts up with so much of my shit. Like, blacked out. <laughs> I I did luck out. I and like I meant to say like I like Death Note too, but my nerdy ass just decides to ruin the show for them. And shout out the biggest spoiler, which she and like they ended up telling me later on that they knew, but it was still just like one of those moments. Imagine, imagine. The modern, like, the, not modern, the, like, this day equivocal, right? That would be, like, going up to someone with, like, a, with a Star Wars shirt on, like, three years ago when The Force Awakens was new, and, like, shouting at them in the hallway that, like, Kylo fucking stabs Han. Like, that, that's the level we're on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it, it's a, it's a toss-up. Uh, I would say you can, you can be nerdy and they're either going to go for it or they won't. It's a toss of the die, just demands a, just matter of, depends on how uh, cute you are, I guess. Because that I was cute, so. <laughs> I'd also say it depends on, like, the person. Like, if you're going for this person because, like, it sounds like in the question that the person was going for this because they were the most popular girl in school and not really because there was anything about them they admired. That's not, yeah, that's not, that's, great. That's yeah. not right. 
Mm-mm. What is this show now? Wasn't this a D and D show? <laughs> At some point, yes. <clears throat> okay, let's I don't know. Go I, I enjoyed I enjoyed getting the Lanson cast meet cute backstory. That was oh, I agree. That was great. <laughs> that the was deep adorable. lore. The deep lore, man. Um. <clears throat> we have we have two more questions, and then we'll go to final segment, and then I think we'll wrap it because we're kind of running. A bit later than we intended. We are oh. running way over time. What are we? We doing? got excited about this. We did. It's you know what? It's fine that we're a little over time. It's our first time back. We're giving. We're we're, sa- we're satiating our our rabid, hungering base. I, I haven't gotten to just like talk. So now I'm just okay. rambling. So this one is very quick. Midnight Blue jumped in the chat when we were recording and asked simply with three words: "Fantasy OSHA thoughts." Fuck yes. you. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So they have, know the story. They know the story. The reason they asked the question is because uh, in their in this, their game, the one I was talking about, um, the house that bleeds, um, <clears throat> the house is alive, as most horror houses tend to be. Yeah. And uh, there was a bit where like there's this black ooze on the floor, and it's the first threat, you know, <clears throat> and. Fucking Evelyn, Midnight's character, goes, well, that can't be up to code. Like, <laughs> where's OSHA? And the DM fucking stops the story to say that the house trembles. And then uh, another character who's supposedly uh, like, been in the house for years goes, we don't say that word here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is peak improv. That is either a wild coincidence or more likely peak improv. It was so good. The house trembles at the might of OSHA. Oh my god. Oh, that's fucking Now I really want to make a sanctum OSHA. Do it. I guarantee you there is one. Please. Oh, very much so. I just haven't introduced him yet. Oh, man. Man. So that's why Midnight brought up Fantasy OSHA. Oh my god. So I hope you appreciate legacy. Yes. Thoughts, uh, yes. Thoughts, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, let's see. Shay many asks, thoughts. Many thoughts about OSHA. Shay asks, since this is a bit of a reunion for you three, do you guys have favorite moments from earlier 3DMs episodes? Oh, guys, we get to be sentimental. Uh, yeah, I mean, shit, dog. I mean, I, we ha- we've done this question before, I think, but it's really... I don't we, know. We deserve I, to get a little fucking sappy after what we survived. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say thank Lance for Lance, but what is that is iconic at this point. That is like a, a running gag is thank Lance for Lance. It's so good because <laughs> it came out of Lance being so dead tired. <laughs> I was so tired and his that, name started that, with the same letter and the the episode with Luke was really probably one of my favorites. That was so good. That was I also fun. I also deeply enjoyed uh derailing the entire podcast for like five minutes to talk about my culinary crimes. Oh uh, yeah. Well, actually, no, my roommate's culinary crimes. I yeah, say. Port, that was stars that was stars that was stars intro. episode, yeah. yeah. That was our intro to stars episode. They didn't <laughs> they didn't get they didn't get a warm up. They just had to take the plunge into our bullshit. Oof. Sorry, sir. Yeah, man. You? We're, we're brutal to our guests. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Think about the brutality we've done to our poor, poor guests. 
I feel okay. I I I need to get this off my chest. I feel so fucking bad. Okay, you remember when Nick was on the show? Uh, Nick Hiroshima, Dungeon Master of Tales of the Voidfarer. Um, he was on, and I was we were talking, and there was a knock on my door, that was audible in the audio. That's and I was right. Trying that was so door. hard to ignore it, and they they the, it was the RA, and the RA knocked again. I'm like. And Nick said, all right, someone's at the door. I need to go check this. And internally, I'm screaming, no, that's me. <laughs> but I couldn't that's say right. that. See, I, I, I might have, like, started to say something, but he had already left. And I'm just, like, internally, I'm like, oh, fuck. Shit, that was that's, in the middle of that's my fault. So, Nick, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. That was, that was my RA. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I think I, I had a sign on the door that said recording in progress. Please do not interrupt. So I just opened the door and just angrily pointed to the sign and then closed the door again. Good. I freaking... That oh. was really explaining the Sans class, too. Yeah. Oh, God. I tried to forget put that. Sans, the Sans... Uh, what is it? Megalovania? No, you put his voice in in post. That's right. Yep. That's the one knocking on the door because we joked that it was Sans. <clears throat> um, God. I still feel God. so bad about that. <laughs> it's real good. I remember... Um, in the episode where we had uh, Hallie, <clears throat> I remember that Hallie was just completely broken by the Mario kid. <laughs> and like, yeah. I, think, I think we sparked th their memories of early Tumblr kin culture and like they actually like just broke. <laughs> I remember that. That was great. <laughs> we just like breaking our guests. We, oh, we, do. Yes. we love breaking also, our guests. Also, like, we've had so many, like, frankly, this show has had people on it far cooler than we expected to get on the show. Right? <laughs> Janet like, from World Anvil? Hello? Yeah, it's numbered as episode two. Episode two! Then, as our like, first guest! Like, yeah. what? And then when, I remember, this is a bit of, since we're just venting out all of our past secrets, <sighs> the process of getting a guest on 3DMs goes a little something like this. We'll have a conversation. We'll write up a list of people who would be amazing to have on the show, who have really good takes on things. And then we sit on that list for a couple months because, oh God, we'd have to ask them to come on our show. <laughs> and then eventually, one day, in a fit of blind courage, one of us will just go, you know what? The list is too long. And then just like I will tend to scattershot message the people on the list. Yeah, and it's usually B. Yeah, yeah usually B's our PR guy. I tend to scattershot message the people on the list, just like, you know what, fuck this. And then basically sit on my Discord and wait for the bomb to go off. And sometimes yeah, it works. B will message us in our, our private chat and just be like, yo, we're getting this person on as a guest. And me and Spire just like, neat. Neat. Yeah, yeah. cool. I remember when we got Nick, that was like, we had talked for ages about getting Nick Eva on, and like, about like, oh man, that'd be so cool, because we all, all three of us are fans of Voidfarer. Like, oh yeah. So, oh fuck yeah. So are you guys cool. caught up yet? I'm almost. I'm like, like three episodes away, and it's getting yeah. wild. Yeah. It's like, you know, <sighs> that's the thing, we're all fans of these people, so asking them to be on our show is like, it's like, intimidating. It's like oh, they're like three hundred percent cooler than we are, and we just pretend we're we're not all that cool. 
every time I, I write those messages, to uh, hang out with the uh, Project Derailed folks, including Nick Yerseva and Tom Goldthwaite, who are the minds behind Voidfarer. Uh, I just hung out with them on voice chat for hours the other night. And oh my God, they're awesome. They're like, <laughs> like you hear them in the show and like, yeah, they're cool, right? Well, you don't hear Tom because Tom's the the dude who does the music and like the some of the background world building. Um, but we were just talking for hours and they were like telling us about the wild con stories that they've experienced. And like, they, they got to party with Tox Machina <sighs> awesome. at a con. Like, what? Um, but yeah, no, they're super cool people, and uh, you should definitely go check out all the Project Derailed family shows, including Tales of the Voidfarer and oh, yeah. the Table, and um, oh, what's the new one that they're doing? Um, oh gosh, I can't remember. Uh, let me let me check real quick. Go for it. All you do, I'm trying. The one exception to this rule was Star, because Star happened because we had someone else on the show. And then Star saw us talking about that and then wanted in. Are you, does anyone remember this? Uh, I think so, yeah. Also, like, uh, the show that I was talking about is called Chronicle. It, gotcha. And they're, uh, they're playing Microscope, actually, which is a really fucking awesome um, world build, like collaborative world-building RPG. Like, you, you are the gods of this world. So I'm excited to hear. We talked about that one on the episode with Luke, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, episode four, we had... No, we didn't have anyone on that one. We were just laughing about episode four with the chicken warlock. And yeah, the chicken was... warlock! And Star was just like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, oh, it's 3DS. This is a thing we do. And then Star was like, that sounds fun. And then Star came on, and hell yeah. God, hell yeah. We... we have so many fucking cool people on our show. We yeah, have so many cool yeah. people on our show. It's mind-boggling. <laughs> So I guess that's our favorite part, is getting to listen and, frankly, learn from these amazing people. And also, like, repaying their kindness in dumb shitposts, which is frankly <laughs> the, the only way to repay their kindness. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to get sappy. Uh, one of my favorite parts is just being able to get on with you guys. And I think our relationship has grown so much. And we've learned so much from each other and just talking about our projects and, like, how we go about things, and honestly, like, I've learned so much from you guys. Oops, same, same, exact same. Like, I picked, when 3DM started, it was the three of us, because I knew the three, you two were amazing people, and I was just like, this is my chance to pick at their brains without them realizing that that's what I'm doing. God. Yeah, no, just, wow. You know what? I just realized this is technically episode 10. We've wow. digits. Yep. Yeah, we didn't end up doing the uh, tavern brawls. Yes. It'll happen. Yes. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Frankly, do you blame us? Everyone's schedules, like, we started talking about tavern brawl in, like, what, May? So, May, like, yeah. we talked about it right, like, right before the big impacts of 2020 mm -hmm. started. And at that point, I think everyone collectively was like, Okay. <laughs> got to figure out how to deal with, you know. Uh, I saw I saw a fucking Tumblr post that went something like um <clears throat> a guide to experiencing life in 2020. Uh no, what was it was um every every morning in 2020 it's wake up uh what is it wake up get dressed 
see the most batshit crazy thing I've ever read in my life on Twitter, have breakfast, get to work on the computer. Yep. <laughs> we're all just, we're all just fucking, I don't know. It's the end of the world. Who knows? Yeah. But speaking of repaying people's kindness and shit posts, <clears throat> it's time. It's time. It's uh, time. Before, okay, before we transition, I just want to say one other thing, and it is, uh, okay, I'm slightly disappointed in how the tale of Old Man Henderson fared. I feel like it didn't land that well, which is disappointing. But then again, it was like the end of October, and that's when shit was really kicking off, so people had yeah. a lot on their minds. So, um, I don't know. If you're listening to this, you probably already heard it, but if you by some chance haven't, please go listen to it. I, I, it was an hour, what, almost two hours of me just reading this ridiculous gaming legend. Oh, yeah. Um, it was so, really fun. I know, oh like, God. part of the bit of that episode was Lance and I acting like we absolutely weren't having fun and we're dying. But, like, that was part of the bit. <laughs> That was part of the bit? I thought you guys just didn't enjoy it. Oh, no, it was a good time. Oh, no, it was great. I still aspire to be Henderson, so it's fine. It was great. It was just that Lance and I were just like, this is an like. It was one of those things that was, it was so ridiculous. We had to act like it was so ridiculous. Just, but we, okay, secretly, you know, spoiler alert, we enjoyed it thoroughly. Oh, for sure. It just was just like, you know, you would end at places. You're just like, I need, I need a second, and then we just, me and Lance would just have to be like, Oh my know, god! An yeah, an explosion just went off, and we have a second <laughs> to recover. So the, of course, the first things we ask, like, Are you okay, Lance? Are you good? Are you still alive? <laughs> yeah, like, are we? Are we are, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was definitely just part of the bit. Was that we just had to, we sat and listened attentively to this nightmare, this fever dream <laughs> of a campaign. Mm. And like, it was like watching explosions happen. The only things we could ask are, you all right? Also, it was very I, for I hate that I didn't hate it. And it was I, very hard for me. I think <laughs> there were so many emotions. There were so many emotions I felt during that recording. Mostly fear. A lot of it was- <laughs> Mostly fear, yeah. <clears throat> Oh, man. But speaking of absolutely breaking the game... Alright, let's hear it. Okay, so I have... Since it is such a momentous occasion, uh, I have a choice. There's three choices we can take. And I haven't read too deep into either of these. I just found these names, made sure there was no April Fool's tag, and then was just like, alright, time to wait for your responses. We have the Dire Human, the Volpe Loop, the and what? The, and the Neko variant. Oh no! Sorry, I I didn't catch the the second one. What was that? Volp loop. I I oh. I'm too. Oh. oh no! I'm too curious about that one. I go with the second. No, I know it's coming. I know it's coming, and I don't like it. I'll put an image. You you put us between a rock and a furry place, my dude. I don't care for that shit at all. We also have Dire Human. Dire Human might be fun. It's kind of what I'm hoping, like, December offers us for 2020. <laughs> we could do that. Yeah. Uh, Alright, just... <clears throat> uh, I don't know. Eeny Take it away. Dire, dire Human. Actually, no. Actually, 
Um, I'm gonna roll a d4. Oh no, we fat, we've hit like the paradigm. What shit. happens if you get four? Do we just end the podcast? I re roll. Oh. Um, uh, one dire human. Yep. All righty, call them beasties, you know. Nary sets of wit. Tell you what, though, them and their plotters earned me some fine coin. Ringmaster Lagawi, deceased. Dire humans, like dwarves, are roughly five feet tall and weigh an average of 170 pounds, although some have been reportedly near seven feet tall. These are only on rare occasions. What? Their large bodies and shorter legs differentiate them. They look similar to those of humans, but with prominent features. Their heads are elongated, their bodies have wide shoulders, their hair may be black or dirty blonde, but it is predominantly varying shades of reds and browns. As with all dire creatures, dire humans are a more monstrous, feral version of humans. In addition to the characteristics above, uh, they're visually stronger looking than the average human, border lighting on the beastly. Dire humans are of the same descent as traditional humans. At some point, they split and became a different branch of the family tree, parallel humans. It is believed that some of them were split by terrain shift or civil problems. Oh this is my god. In more recent history, dire human populations' swollen number has allowed, resulted in their re-encounter with humans. Dire humans are known to be caught by... Whoa, okay. Dire humans in their feral state of mind often... Hold on a second. This is getting real... What? Yeah. Okay. First of all, I'd just like to say this person fucking made Neanderthals a playable race and then continued to demonize them. Right, yeah. Like, this... this where did this go? I had a much different uh, explanation for them, but you go, you guys go ahead. This was supposed. I was what? expecting this to be like gone feral. The jokes. No. Okay, Lance. What is your what is your interpretation of the word dire human? Karens. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so God damn it! It's so much better than anything this person wrote. <laughs> Karen playable race. Absolutely. So good. So oh. good. That's so good. That, I'm just going to mute myself for the rest of this now. Hold no, on no, a no, second. No. no, no. No, you don't get to do that. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. This is the homebrew wiki. Anyone no, don't. <laughs> don't try it. Anyone, anyone could hypothetically go in here and make the dire human whatever we want. Oh, I thought you were going to search up Karen. No, I was just going to say that we could just change the dire human from this, which is starting to feel genuinely gross, into actually making it a Karen, because that's funny. Fucking do it, this shit. There is a summon Karen spell, but it is under April Fool's. I just, I just think of, you know, like you're explaining, they, they're stronger than regular humans, they're more feral, but they're introduced back into this human society and i'm just like you, you know you see a karen you're like where did you come from and they always seem to have super strength and they're always yelling and they're always acting feral it makes sense i'm just saying i'm listening to this and i'm like oh my god it's a karen race i prefer it to the world building this person's created frankly um let's see uh their only abilities are primal senses, which is like survival checks and stuff. Uh, uh, 
Checks that would have you grappled roll with disadvantage. Actually, that's not a bad thing. Uh, humans that have been quick on their feet have advantage on saving throws against being not prone. Huh. Mechanically, mechanically, actually, it sounds kind of neat. Yeah. Lore, the cursed part is the genuinely starting to get creepy lore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this is cursed for the wrong reasons. But I personally. I would have preferred the Vulp Loops. Yeah, honestly. Frankly, I like I said, I just read the names and then decided to give it up to the to the vote. I should have scanned this one. But like I was expecting the joke to be, you know, when we go feral, that's a dire human. Yeah, no. Like 2020, no. 2020 survival. No. Funnier than what this person wrote. I'll give it yeah, that. Yeah. By far. I, I personally prefer the Karen interpretation a lot. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Lance. <laughs> You're welcome. So uh in canon, the dire humans are just really loud people who uh, demand to see managers. That's it. A lot, yeah. But they still have all those like same uh, aspects, like you know the whole grapple thing because they'll steal your stuff. They don't get knocked prone because they all yell that you're hurting them. Uh, I have a question. Hmm. What is the difference between a Karen and a murder hobo? Vicious mockery versus uh, sneak attack. All right, yeah, you asked can... and answered. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You can see a, a Karen coming from a mile away. <laughs> it's it's a barbarian versus a rogue. I think that is. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Should we call it there? I think so. That was really good. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, hopefully we'll get to do this again very soon. Um, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I enjoyed doing this. This was a this bit was fun. Uh, this was a bit longer than we expected. We introduced what could end up being a new segment. Who knows? Um, God, I hope not. <laughs> the, the Yahoo answers were great, though. Yeah, but I don't want to get sued by the McElroys for infringing I, on their fucking trademark. I, I found a, 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 a Yahoo answer that isn't D&D related, but it had me have to mute my mic because I was laughing so hard. You know what? Oh Fine. Let's end it with this. It's, it's a treat. All right. All right. It. Let's just fucking wholesale rip it from, from the All right. final Yahoo. Lance, take it away. Uh, so this question was asked, if you die in Canada, do you die in real life? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! And... Misty Midnight, we gotta know. <laughs> the uh, the best answer was from Big K, and it said, "No, if you <laughs> die in Canada, you go to one of the Canadian afterlifes. <laughs> Those who die in battle ascend to glorious Texas, where they ride forever, shiny and in chrome. <laughs> Those who are just good, who those who are just in good, ascend to England." Where there is always fresh tea and everyone is polite. If you die in Quebec, you go to France. <laughs> Those who are wicked and cruel are reborn into the hells of Detroit, a fate <laughs> far worse than death. Uh, they're not wrong. Okay, okay. If you die, if you are, if you are a sinner and you die, or if you are a French sinner and you die in France, you go to Quebec. Quebec is French hell. That is, just, that is just the way that it is. And if you die in Quebec, you go to France. It all makes sense. It's a, it's, it's a gateway. Oh my god, fuck. Mr. So yeah, that's where we'll end that. 
Yeah, Misty Midnight, we're not asking you to go commit murder, but we do need to know. It's so for report, science. It's for science. Report back to us next time. <laughs> You're our hitman now. <laughs> the end of 3DM's 10, we've hired hitman. <laughs>